0: Hello and welcome to Minding the Forest, a podcast of the Louisiana Forestry Association. I'm your host, Jeff Zorang. Minding the Forest is where we talk about all things forestry. From landowners to loggers to wood manufacturers, they all play an important role in the conservation and management of forests for the vital, renewable natural resource it is. Managed forests offer more for wildlife and water protection so the lfa advocates for keeping forests as forests this episode of mind the forest is sponsored by first south farm credit first south is your premier rural lender with over 100 years financing timber and agriculture they have the expertise you're looking for when financing rural property if you're looking to purchase or refinance land call your local first south farm credit office or find them online at FirstSouthLand.com. In today's episode, we talk with Rick Williams. Rick is the state forester for the Natural Resources Conservation Service here in Louisiana. Rick is also the champion tree chairman for the LFA. We have with us Rick Williams. Rick is the state forester for USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service. I hope I said that right.
1: That's right. Okay,
0: Rick, welcome. Good to (laughs) have you here.
1: Good to be here. Tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from. Well, I was born in Monroe and got my first degree from Northeast Louisiana University, now ULM, uh, in biology, and then went to University of Missouri in forestry. Worked for a number of years as forester in the field with International Paper Company in Arkansas, and then went Back to school at Texas A&M and got a degree in forestry there, a PhD, and then I did forestry extension for about 10 years, uh, working primarily education and outreach efforts. And then a position with um, the USDA came open and I moved over to the USDA and uh, in the field positions. And then I was uh, moved over to Texas as their state forester for several years and then had the opportunity to come back to Louisiana. So a roundabout way, I'm back to the, the state where I grew up, and I'm the state forester here and assist our field offices as we help private landowners get conservation practices on their property.
0: Tell us a little bit about that. when With your role as uh, state forester uh, you get personally involved with some of the landowners who come and request help from NRCS?
1: Absolutely. I've been out on um, a lot of landowners' properties. So they come into the field office, and the field office may have a question or some concern, and they call me. And we will meet with them and the landowner on the field. Uh, The best thing to do is see the property and see what we're looking at so we can make good alternatives for them. And there'll be several options for them. And then we present those options and then the landowner can decide which one they want to move with and and improve their land, either for growing trees or for wildlife habitat or aesthetics or any number of reasons we can assist them with their forest lands.
0: Sometimes it's... All of those combined, is it?
1: Sometimes it's combined. Yeah. One can lead to the other, but, you know, a lot of them have a driver, and then the other ones uh, are of interest to them as well. Uh, so, and the practices can be tailored to match what they want to do with their property Um like I said, if it's we want we want tree production or we want to improve our hardwood component or we want to have better wildlife habitat or we want to protect our streams, you know we'd like to have some trees out here that flower and fruit for the pollinators or for additional food sources for wildlife or even sometimes even for human uh, use, you know, making jams and jellies and stuff with the fruits from the trees. Uh, we can do a number of those things.
0: Do you find your contact with landowners are often the, I guess, the first time they try and delve into improving their forest land or they don't know much about it? Maybe it's a generational change, things of that nature.
1: Uh, A lot of them, you know, haven't dealt with us or some of them have an idea what they want. A few of them have been more actively involved in the past. Some of them have just acquired the property and they've used it for a year or two. And then now they want to see you know, what else they can do with it? They'd like to make it better for their use because it's, it's kind of new for them. But whatever, we can we can find a way to help most landowners uh, with um, managing their forest and getting some good conservation and, and making it a little better for what they want.
0: And in your journeys, you, well, actually, we have to mention especially that Rick is a member of the Louisiana Forestry Association, and yeah. he is our champion tree chairman, which means that he's the one that most often sees the large trees that are that come in, and people might suspect it, it could be a champion tree. Tell us a little bit about the champion tree program.
1: The champion tree program, it's, it's a recognition of... of where we're recognizing uh, what the tree has done for a number of years. And, uh, you know, it's uh, the biggest tree of that species that we have measured. May not be the biggest one out there. It's the biggest one we have measured. And so each year the LFA will get calls. "Um, I've got a big tree. And so we will go out and, one, identify the tree if they don't have – uh, don't know what kind of tree it is. Some, most of them do, but some. sometimes it's not the exact species. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we will identify the tree, and then we will measure the tree. We'll measure the circumference, how big around it is, and, and inches. We'll measure the height, which can be tricky in a forested situation, finding the top of that tree. And then we measure how wide the limbs spread. And uh, those three measurements go into the calculations to determine the points that you get for being a champion tree. And so the tree with the most points will then become the champion. Trees within 90% of that could be co-champions.
0: The spread, just to make that a little bit clearer, um, the spread is an average, isn't it? How, how does that measured?
1: The spread is how wide the branches are. So we go to straight by the tree and out on each side and get to where the limbs stop. And we'll take that measurement and then we do it perpendicular. So we're getting two measurements and then we take that average. And from that average, we're only using 25%. So it's 25% of the average spread is the number that you get for the, uh, how wide the tree is. By branches.
0: And that's why it's important for a forester to do these <laughs> measurements because they're more experienced in doing that, I would imagine.
1: They're real tricky to get to and to find those branches. And And this is a good time of year to measure because the leaves are off and you can get a better look at that crown, the spread and the height. Uh, but we do it all year long. Uh, it's just, uh, this is a good time to be measuring the big trees in the woods. Measured a big big black walnut the other day and, and in hardwood bottom, so all the leaves were off, and we got really good uh views of the height and the crown spreads on that tree.
0: A lot of these trees are in forested lands, but you've measured some in people's yards as well, haven't you?
1: yeah, there's several champions in people's yards, you know they're real they're real proud of them and and should be uh but there's numerous trees in the champion list that are in a people's yards, or there a tree along their driveway coming into their house. It's been there. Their family has looked at that tree for many, many years. It's got history and and a lot of things that maybe have happened under that tree. So it's got a lot of, you know, uh, family memories. And then it's classified as a champion. And that that's another uh, real plus for them. And, and there's some of them real proud. They put a sign up. This is the champion tree. And you could see them from the road. But a lot of them, like you said, are back in forested coves and And hollows where they haven't been reached in years and and they're more difficult to get to. But we we measure them where they're at.
0: One of the things that uh, is, it's actually there is a form that that you fill out for folks. And there's a question in there, uh, which... I do get calls from time to time, folks, uh, can I go see this tree? Can I go see this species? Or I'm going to do this. But you you have to be really careful because some of these trees are, as you said, back in the woods, but it's still private property. And you have to seek permission as well, right?
1: Yes. A lot of them are on private property, and some are behind locked gates. So I won't be looking at those. But others are in the the national forest. There's a number of trees. Some are on state lands. a few are down in the Chico uh, Park. They're not just right off the trail. You'll have to get off the trails to go see them, but they're they're on public lands. There's one actually by the parking lot uh, in Chico Park that's a champion tree. You know, we get the trees where they're growing. Some are private lands. Some people let you look. Some say no. Uh, some are difficult to get to. Mm-hmm. And others are on public property, uh, state lands, public lands. And you can view them. Some are just more easily accessible than others. Yeah.
0: Probably the two noted trees in Louisiana would be the bald cypress that's in Cat Island. That's yes. in public property, but yes. it's not necessarily easy to get to. And you really should seek permission for.
1: There, there is a walkway to it. Okay. Uh, And, and identified in Cat Island National Wildlife Refuge. So, um, they actually have a parking lot and a little walkway to that tree. Um, it's a bald cypress. It's in a wetland, <laughs> so, so you know I would wear boots accordingly to those conditions. It's not right at the trail. You have to walk to it. It's it's um, it's a little ways away from the parking area, but you can go and view the, the big bald cypress.
0: You have to be. I guess you said with boots. You have to be careful there are some times of year that it is inaccessible to walk to, isn't it?
1: It probably gets inundated with water, hmm. or the water would be too deep. So, you'd, one, the rivers couldn't be flooding, or the backwater into the refuge. There are times of year when that's down, and you could access. Um, it is a forested area, so you know, be careful of forested creatures as you're walking through there. But, yeah, it's a very interesting tree, and one that you
0: could go view... Right now, that's the only national champion, I think, Louisiana has.
1: The only one. We did have others, but mm-hmm. they purged their list after five years if you don't send measurements back in. So it's an ongoing process, mm-hmm. so it sits there for five years, and and uh, we did have the champion live oak. The Seven and, Sisters oak. The Seven is- Sisters, and we've remeasured that tree, so we have new measurements on it. But the, the national list is in some changes right now, and we'll have to see who's going to take over keeping up with that database and what their rules are going to be. And once that is figured out, well, we will have some trees that will probably resubmit mm-hmm. for the nationals.
0: Well, the matter of fact, is, Seven Sisters Oak is in a yard, isn't it? Is it a front yard? Oh, yes.
1: Right. It really frames their house nice. It's right in front of their house. Very pretty tree. Very big spread on the tree. And uh, it, it's been the national champion, and like I said, the five-year purge mm-hmm. came off. The tree's been remeasured; actually, has uh, increased in the number of points that it had from the previous measurements. But then we have to wait till we get the national settled, and who's going to have the database, where to submit these things. We have a champion longleaf pine that we want to submit for the national list. On the Kassachi Forest, that I think uh, would have been the national champion. I hear rumors that there may be one in North Carolina or another state, uh, but I haven't seen the numbers on that one.
0: Keep Louisiana on the map as far as champion trees are concerned.
1: Well, we have one. Yes, we have some national champions out there, especially in in some of the
0: species uh, across the South. If someone thinks they have a tree that could be considered for a Louisiana champion, what do they do? They would,
1: most of them contact the Louisiana uh, Forestry Association and they will give them information and a phone number or an email so that we can get back in touch with them and set up some possible days to come look at the tree. When those days are set and everybody's on the same date, Mm -hmm. when we'll come out and I will come out and measure the tree and and record the numbers and then we'll see how that tree uh, meets and points compared to the one that we currently have for that species and sometimes we just get a big nice tree in your yard but that's fine it's a beautiful tree but occasionally we get a new champion
0: and you you talked earlier about a lot of the the history that these trees have and i think a lot of the calls that we get concerning the champion trees are because of some sentimental attachment to it. My grandfather uh-huh. used to push me in the swing on that tree, or things of that nature. Well, what are the, some of the stories that you've heard when you've been out measuring trees?
1: Oh yeah, that the family that was the family gathering for their their reunions and their picnics under them, and the kids played in the tree, and the families had their picnic tables under the tree and that's where they would gather and 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 meet you know somebody's grandpa planted the tree um, years and years ago on the property so it's got a you know the history has been passed down from where the tree started to where it is today and so you get different stories like that of how the people have been around those trees and used the trees and, and it's been a part of their family for a number of years
0: the rule for re-measuring, I suppose, came about because it could be deceased. It could, like you said, the, set, the Seven Sisters tree has actually grown and gained points. As old as that tree must be,
1: it's old and it's added points. But yeah, we have storms. We have ice damage that could knock the tops out. We have, you know, wind storms that might even actually take the tree down. Um, so trees need to be revisited to see that are they still there, still alive, have they grown? You know, they need to be remeasured, reevaluated, evaluated and um and and keep the list updated so that we have the the best champion we know about recorded in the in the books.
0: We have a um and we've had him on a podcast as well, John Michael Kelly, who has made it I don't know if it's a quest so much, as just a really huge interest in trees and old forests and things of that nature. And he's kind of led us to several, na- uh, excuse me, state champions of late.
1: He does. He goes around the state and, and, and it actually the some other states looking at the big trees and areas that we kind of call old growth areas to take measurements there and see how old the trees actually are and, and what's the condition in those forests uh, that makes them more old growth characteristics. And he's very good at his tree ID identification. And when he finds a tree that's he thinks is on, uh, should be on the list, we'll, we will go out with him and take the measurements. And he actually has found uh, several trees that he has identified that have become the state champions for Louisiana.
0: And so if... Again, we had mentioned that they can call us at the LFA. Yes. Our, our number is three one eight four four three two five five eight. Or if you want to send me an email, you can shoot an email to me at j z e r i n g u e at laforestry.com. dot com. What have we missed, Rick? What What have we missed about champion trees in Louisiana?
1: I don't think we've missed a lot. If If somebody thinks they have a a tree that would qualify, there's a publication. Your uh, forest and people magazine that comes out in March that has our current list of champions and co-champions. Um, you can look through that list and see if, you know, you look at your tree and, and uh, say, I've got a, a, a big tree of that species, uh, water oak, loblolly pine, whatever. Uh, you can see the list is, is pretty extensive on the species that we've measured. And, um, Call and say uh, I have a big tree. I'd like somebody to look at it, and and uh, I think it's a you know you can take some measurements on it and turn, turn in preliminary measurements, but we're going to you know officially come measure it mm-hmm. um, so that we're we've got we've got a protocol we follow on how to measure the tree uh, for the circumference, for the height, and for that crown spread. Okay, and so we every tree is measured that same way. Okay, so that then. We Tell can, us a little bit
0: about because I know it has to be measured at a certain heights for a circumference and and uh, is how, how does, how the is circumference
1: that done? is measured at four and a half feet above the ground, and if you're on a hill, that's on the high side. Um, but trees often split; <laughs> they often have multiple branches. So there's little tricks in measuring other trees. But we get the measurement at four and a half feet around the tree. Uh, it's going to be converted to inches. And that's the number we're going to use, the circumference in inches. We're going to use the, the height in feet, uh, and those two numbers will be added together. And then we're going to take that crown spread, at 25% of the average, and that number is going to be added. So those three numbers will be added up to give us our total points. And uh, the total points, what we're going to be used to judge... Tree A from tree B.
0: That champion tree listing is also included on our website, Uh You can check that out under resources, I think it is, and see if you might have a tree that is, is close to being measured. It can be a co-champ as well. If, it, if it's within... 90%. Uh, 90%. Okay. So if it is 90% of that measurement, yep. high, above or below... Yes. Okay. Well, below, if it below, goes above, that's it'll, true. Be above. it'll be the new champion. Yes. But it'll still be a co champion if yes. the
1: The current one's still there. Current
0: ones, yeah. Okay. All right. So that's the important thing.
1: It's good. People are excited about their trees, and I'm excited to come take a look at them and measure them with them. And uh, we talk about them, and uh, you know, they get a little more understanding whether it becomes a champion or not. It's good just to have some discussions about the tree and the health of the tree.
0: Do you also give advice as far as if the tree looks like it might be struggling a little bit, what they might do? To... Not too
1: much. Most of the trees I've seen are in good shape. Um, there's some that have had some top damage, but that's where it's coming from. But if there is a problem with a pest or something that that something might can be done, and then we could lead them in direction to get the information that might can help them you know, with their tree. Fortunately, most of the trees I've seen have been in good shape. They've been healthy and uh, with with minimal problems on them.
0: Rick Williams, who is the state forester for USDA, Natural Resources Conservation Service, NRCS, acronyms in uh, in the federal agencies. Rick, thanks for taking on that job and thanks for joining us today. Glad to be here and, and look forward to measuring a few more trees. Thank you for listening to Mindy the Forest, a podcast of the Louisiana Forestry Association. This episode of Mindy the Forest is sponsored by First South Farm Credit. Remember, First South is your premier rural lender. With over 100 years of financing timber and agriculture, they have the expertise you're looking for when financing rural property. If you're looking to purchase or refinance land, call your local First South Farm Credit office or you can find them online at firstsouthland.com. If you'd like to learn more about sustainable forestry, the LFA and its programs, and how you can be part of an organization that supports landowners, loggers, and wood manufacturers in the state, go to laforestry.com. You can send comments and suggestions to me via email. That's jzerang at laforestry.com. J-Z-E-R-I-N-G-U-E at laforestry.com. Or check out the show notes for our contact information. Remember, at the Louisiana Forestry Association, we're Mind the Forest for you.